0: This, uh, this actual message today doesn't really need PowerPoint. The one last week really didn't need PowerPoint, but when we get into Daniel chapter 9, we're going to need all the PowerPoint we can get. We might need someone else to, to actually preach this, I don't know. Uh, but this is uh, Daniel chapter 8. It really has nothing to do with us. I mean, it's all history in the past, and you think, well, why would we spend our time on it? And it made me think of, of, of some scriptures that they were talking about when I watched The Chosen with my sister for, the, I think, the third time, where they reminded, the disciples reminded themselves that uh, Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And what I want you to see in this message today, if we can get it to work, is I'd like you to see the incredible accuracy and trustworthiness of the Word of God. And I'm actually, for the first time up here, a little cool, so it makes me think that you're probably cool too. And if that's true, somebody in the back that's cool, go ahead and bump up the heat a few more degrees because we've got to offset what the outside temperature is. So we are in Daniel chapter eight, we're in the third year the reign of King Belshazzar. A vision appeared unto me, uh, Daniel writes, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. So this is his second vision. And you know, the first uh, six chapters of the book of Daniel are chronological and the last six chapters are visions that he has had. And uh, this one tips into our future only at the end, and not everyone even agrees with that. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, which was in the province of Elam, and I saw in a vision, I was by the river. Uh, I don't know how you say that. You lie, maybe. Uh, did I go too far? i got to click this thing and not scroll it. I'll go five. Then I'll, I'll, let, let me say this about uh, this. There was no palace there when Daniel was alive. At Shushan, uh, there was no province of Elam, and uh, there was a river. Uh, and about a hundred years after Daniel, the uh, the Persians, the Medes and Persians, the Persians being the, the larger or the more powerful uh, nation at that time, will actually build a palace there. So he's actually transported into the future in this vision. Uh, which I'm sure when people in his day read that, uh, they thought, well, what are you talking about? There is none. And uh, then it came to pass. And I I want to say something about prophecy, too, as I'm trying to get started here, trying to get my head screwed on right. Um, There was a requirement, there is a requirement in the Old Testament of prophets, and the requirement is this. You cannot just prophesy things way, way out in the future. You have to prophesy things that will happen in your lifetime. And there's, there's an issue called dual fulfillment that if you do a prophecy in your time, Uh, it can also apply to something deep in the future. So the way you verify a prophet is his near prophecies have to come true. If they don't, they were told to stone them. So you'll notice in Daniel's case, some of these prophecies that he makes happen in his lifetime, and some of them are so far out they haven't happened yet. And that's typical of an Old Testament prophet and an Old Testament prophecy. The proof of the prophet is in the fulfillment of his short-term prophecies. I, I hope I'm saying that clearly. Then I lifted up my eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram. Now that's, <laughs> that, that could be a pillar. It could be a very strong man, but it's usually a reference to a male sheep. Uh, it's also a reference to a goat, but in this case, it's apparently a sheep. Uh, which had two horns, and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. Now it began with the Median Empire, and a guy came along by the name of Cyrus and married the king's daughter, the Median king's daughter, and then as soon as he'd married the daughter and got her out of the house, he used his army to attack the Median Empire and conquered it, so Cyrus uh, came up last, but was actually ended up being bigger than the other. Let's see if I can figure out how to move on. And I saw a ram pushing. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward. Remember that so that no beast might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. Uh, The Persians fielded huge armies. Uh, The Persian Empire conquered. Let me. I wonder if I could go forward. Let me do that. Uh, You can see now, Persia's. uh, Oh, I meant to get my little pointer thing. Persia's down here in the uh, center. Let me get that. You can see. There's a map up there. Yeah, good. Persia's down there. And now, the first prophecy is that they would conquer to the north and to the west and you look at the dates here this is just is just from a history book this is probably wikipedia i mean this Mm -hmm. isn't a bible and this uh the interesting thing is that this is exactly What the prophecy said, he would travel to the north and to the west. Cyrus the Great began in 559. Uh, He 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 used he used he conquered Persia or took over Persia and then conquered the Median Empire. He went uh, north and west into Lydia, and then you can see he went uh, west into Babylon. Now you notice this map says Neo Babylon, Neo Babylonia, and that's that's probably a worldly title, but you know the old. The old empire was the empire of Babel, and then the new empire was Babylon, and so you could call it New Babylon, it's Old Babel, and then it says, of course, it pushes south and east, exactly as the prophet said he would do. The test of a prophet, you know, is do these things come to pass in his lifetime? And the answer is yes. Now, I don't know how much news these guys had. I don't know how they could keep up with this. There was no CNN or Fox News in those days, but surely word got around what was going on. So we're in Daniel chapter 5. We're trying to look at the rise of these two world powers that really are all past tense for us. Uh, What's exciting to me is the accuracy with which these prophecies exist. Now, there is another thing I'd like to say about prophecy, and I don't know if now is the time. But I want to say when, when these prophecies come to pass, when you look at prophets... And prophecies and then you look at how they're fulfilled they're always fulfilled literally it's not some mystical fulfillment of prophecy it's a literal fulfillment if it says he's going to push north and west that's exactly what this emperor did that's that that's something I want you to see because it matters for our future as you interpret prophecy what does it mean take it as literally as you can you can't always take it literally because I don't really think that it was a he goat. I think the he-goat is Alexander the Great, but it's an interesting title for Alexander. And as I was considering, behold, a he-goat came from the west, uh, and uh, I lost my place, he came from the west on the face of the whole earth, and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. We have a one-horned goat that he goat is alexander the great touch not the ground talks about his speed you remember in last week's vision the leopard had four wings four little duck wings that emphasize the speed well this guy's moving so fast in this vision he's not even touching the ground uh, uh, daniel chapter 7 and verse 6 this is back a chapter we're backing up now after this I beheld and lo, another like a leopard which had upon his back four wings of a fowl and the beast also had four heads and dominion was given unto it. So this is the emphasis of the speed of Alexander the Great. Uh, now you'll notice here, uh, it's hard to see Greece. That's the Medo-Persian Empire, gotta find the trigger on this thing. Still, We're still in the Medo-Persian Empire, but all the way up here is Greece, see? Now, what happened was, can you hear me, everyone? What happened was, now you notice that's from the West. He's going to come from the West, and he's going to start conquering in that direction. It, it also interested me as we, as I was reviewing this, how, and notice in these maps and every one of these slides, Israel's right in the middle of it all. And one of the disciples in the, the, the series, that shows it said something like, why does all this keep happening to us? And the answer is location. Location, location, location. If you're going to conquer Egypt, you've got to go through Israel. It's as simple as that. But so you'll notice just exactly as the prophet said, he's going to come from the west and he's going to conquer in that direction. Alexander the Great is going to do it in 11 years. Uh, that little sea up in there, you can't see it. It's hard to read even at that magnification. But that's called the Aegean Sea. And the Aegean Sea is named from Aegeus, which is a uh, mythical uh, Greek mythological god, half goat, half man. And the word Aegean means goat man. So now we got this, he goat coming from the West. It's pretty amazing when you think about this. The, the, this now, even on uh, Greek coins, they, they had a picture of Alexander the Great on one side and the one horned goat on the other. Uh, why is that working like that? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There we go. Sorry, but my... my These batteries, they're, good. they're not even good for a week something we're getting a little funky about this here uh, thing here. Get out of there. Is that up on your screen too? There we go. Let's go. Nope. nope. there we go. All right. Okay, and he came to the ram that had two horns which I had seen standing before the river and ran into him in the fury of his power conquered the world in 11 years took control of Greece at the age of 19 and by the age of 32 he was dead and he died in Babylon all of these leaders somehow wanted to be in Babylon I talked about that last week he died the ruler of a one world government some people think it was alcoholism's alcoholism that killed him others simply say they don't know let me see if I can get this mouse to work for me here. It's being a little finicky. Now, when Persia conquered Greece or tried to conquer Greece, they, they treated the Macedonians very badly. And Alexander came back with a score to settle. To settle. And uh, you, some of you have seen the movie. It's, it's, almost a, it's almost a cartoon movie called The 300. And that's the story of the Spartans, which were from northern Greece, who held off the Persian emperor and there are 300 Spartans, they didn't mention the other 5,000 that they had in reserve, but the 300 Spartans held off some 200,000. I have the notes here, see if I can find it, uh, 298 Spartans, uh, roughly uh, three. They, the Greek contingent of roughly three to 4,000 men before the Spartans and others died. However, they had slain 20,000 Persians. So that, that they, they had a backup army, but the 300 that you see in the movie plus their backup army killed 20,000 Persians, in the, and that's the battle of, I have it written down here, Thermopylae. Uh, so then verse 8 says, that, now in Daniel's time, this is all future. This is almost like writing history in advance. Uh, and I saw him come close to the ram, and he was moved with choler, which is real anger, against him, and smote the ram, and break his two horns, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver, deliver him. Now that battle was fought in 331 B.C. at the Battle of Gaugamela. Uh, it was October 1st, 331 B.C. Alexander uh, had 50,000 soldiers and the Persian army, I have the number here, I gotta get down to it. The, the history will tell you that King Darius III of Persia commanded a total of 2.5 million soldiers. They weren't on this battlefield, that was his worldwide army. They believed that on this battlefield of Gaugamela was uh, 250,000 Persians against 50,000 of Alexander's men and Alexander won the battle. 40,000 Persians died and as many as 500 uh, Greeks were killed and 5,000 wounded at this battle, and this is that turned this turned uh, Persia under Greek control, and this is the per- this is the Greek Empire now. You notice it's all the same territory that everybody's interested in. They said that uh, Alexander the Great. <laughs> Alexander the Great was at Babylon, and he was sick, and he was weeping that he had no more worlds to conquer There really wasn't much going on to the north at that point in history And I guess he wasn't even aware of all that was available in Africa Or there wasn't much there by their opinion, but they felt at this point that the Greek Empire Covered the whole world therefore the Hebrew He goat (laughs) waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken. So just about the time he was rising to his fullness of power, Alexander the Great died, and it's a fascinating study about what killed him. No one really knows. Some people actually think he might have been buried alive because he had some type of a paralysis. They really don't know. But when he was strong, the great horn was broken, for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds. This is 300 years Yeah, 300 years future for Daniel. Alexander had everything the world had to offer. He had money, he had power, he had fame, he had glory, and he died a miserable death in Babylon because he couldn't have more. And you ask yourself, why, why are we chasing the same things? Why is this so important to us that we have money and fame and power? Uh, It says, and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. The four notable ones were his four generals, Cassander, uh, Seleucus, Lysimachus, and uh, I lost the other guy, Ptolemy, and I'm going to break that up here. (coughs) What they did is, is when Alexander died, they wanted to know who he was going to leave in control. I've got a tickle coming, and I'm a little bit worried about it. <laughs> and just before he died, he said, Let it be to the strong. So the four generals that he had divided the Greek Empire up into these four sections, which actually very much affects our world today. you get to see that? Yeah, look, you can see Cassander, Lysimachus, Seleucus, and Ptolemy. Uh, very, much, very much the world that we know today was shaped <laughs> in a large part by this division of Alexander's empire. And out of one of them came forth a little horn which waxed exceeding great, and that is out of the Seleucid kingdom, which waxed exceeding great towards the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even unto the host of heaven. And it cast down some of the hosts of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. <coughs> now You're going to get confused here because in the last chapter, there was a little horn, and that little horn was the one we call Antichrist. We have a little horn here, which is out of a different kingdom, the Seleucid kingdom. And this one is the eighth Syrian king that we call Antiochus Epiphanes, or he actually he called himself that. He was a sister to Cleopatra. He hated Israel. He hated everything about Jerusalem and the Jews. He was a preview of coming attractions. He's a preview of the Antichrist. Now some of you may know the story but Antiochus hated the Jews so much he brought he set up an altar to Zeus in the Holy of Holies and then he offered a sow on it his, his intention was to so corrupt the Jerusalem temple that no one could ever use it again and he so corrupted the Jewish temple that the The family of the Maccabees got so upset, they started a revolution and threw off his control. That period of time uh, that uh, the Jews celebrate as Hanukkah is celebrating the time when they cleansed the temple after they'd thrown off Antiochus' control of them. So it was a rebellion under the, the Jews' rebellion against the Greek control under the eighth generation king after The Greeks took control. I don't know if that's making sense to you. Uh, Now, that that is the abomination of desolation. It's the abomination that made it impossible for the Jews to worship. Now, Antiochus wasn't there when the rebellion happened. Antiochus was coming back with his army to smash Israel after they rebelled after the maccabean revolution and on his way back he fell ill and was eaten up with worms from within he died a horrible death Uh, but jesus says this and i'm going to read it to you i'm reading you matthew chapter 24 now let me remind you
1: this was written
0: 500 years before christ about a time that's 300 years before christ and now 300 years later, Jesus says these words, listen to them. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Now this is verse 15, Matthew twenty-four, fifteen. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place whosoever read it let him understand so we know something about this abomination of desolation we know that what happened under Antiochus epiphanies is going to happen again so we have a little horn from the Seleucid Kingdom that represents something that's going to happen in the future and what's going to happen is what the jews experienced as a nation because of their rebellion and their idolatry the entire world is going to experience because of our rejection of god's son jesus christ so we have the little horn of the old testament and a little horn in the new testament and i know it's confusing and i don't know any way to make it any clearer i apologize yea he magnified himself even to the prince of the host and that would be the high priest and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. It was impossible to have worship in in the Jerusalem temple. And the host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of the transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced, and it prospered. This guy hated the Jews. Now, the, the atrocities began in Israel. Now, I'm back on Antiochus in the Old Testament. The atrocities began on September the 6th at 171 B.C., uh, at that point the high priest was murdered on December the 25th 165 BC it ends with the rebellion that we call the Maccabean rebellion uh, Hanukkah celebrates the time when they cleanse the temple as I've already said uh, but Hanukkah' is not just about an oil lamp that didn't burn out Hanukkah it was about cleansing their temple and getting their worship back. Uh, then I heard one saint speaking, and another said unto that certain saint which spoke, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? And he said unto me two thousand three hundred days, then the sanctuary shall be cleaned. Now you know. A hundred years ago when the Seventh-day Adventists read this passage, they thought that that meant from Antiochus Epiphanes, there'll be 2,300 years. Uh, But that ended in 1884 and Jesus didn't come back. But Antiochus murdered the high priest in 171 BC. He established a false set of priests. He dies in 164 BC. Now that's not 2300 days but it's close actually it's seven years at 360 days to a prophetic year it's 2520 years if it was full years so it's close to the 2300 days and we don't know why it says 2300 days we really don't it's possibly uh The 2,300 days may be counting the time that Israel was under Antiochus as well as the time that we are going to be under the domain or the control of the Antichrist. We don't know that. Uh, Seven years and 360 is 2,520 days. But Jesus said the days would be shortened. If the days weren't shortened, Jesus said no flesh would survive. So that 2,300 days may be the actual length of time projected or prophesied for the tribulation period. Verse 15. That's my time doing. I know this is long. And it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning that behold there stood before me as the appearance of a man. He, he, this is the angel Gabriel. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the eulah. Now wait, he sees this man, but a man's voice is coming from over here. Do you remember in Revelation when uh, Jesus had one foot on the water and one foot on the land. So I believe this is Jesus talking. I think he heard Jesus' voice and heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand. And for those of you that are curious, verse 16 is the first time the name of an angel has ever been named. Uh, Let me move on. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Time of the end of what? So now this vision is actually, this. it's almost as if this vision goes up to, to uh, Antiochus Epiphanes and then skips all the way up to the one we call Antichrist. We know in Old Testament prophecy that the church age is just, taken out the whole period of the church is just a parenthesis it's not mentioned in Old Testament prophecy but it's almost as if this prophecy skips from Antiochus all the way up to the one that we call the Antichrist Uh, now as he was speaking with me I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground but he touched me and set me upright and he said behold I will make you know what shall be in the last end of the indignation and that's indignation is God's anger at Israel for at that time appointed the end shall be the ram which thou sawest, two horns, are the kings of Media and Persia. We knew that. And the rough goat is the king of Greca. That's Alexander the Great. We know that. And the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king, Alexander the Great. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up, for four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. That's the four generals that I mentioned before. Uh, Lys- Lysimachus uh, conquered, uh, I'm sorry, Greece was conquered in 146 B.C. Uh, Lysimachus area was conquered oh I don't want to get into that do I want to get into that no you don't need to know that Um this this is when those areas fell to Rome and you don't need those dates and in the latter time of their kingdom when the transgressors are come to a full a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall rise up so you, you have this you have this skip apparently you have this skip all the way up to the one that we call the Roman Antichrist. Uh, is there a gap here? I think there is. I, I think that Daniel sees right up to the time of the Messiah and then skips to the tribulation. That's going to be very clear. In the, Well, I'm not going to make it clear, but it's very clear in the next chapter that that skip is there because you'll see that the Messiah, it says the Messiah shall be cut off. He'll be, he'll be executed. You know, And then it speaks of the end time. So we know that there's something, there's something between those period, two periods of time. Uh, I'm not going to read that. Now, each of those pieces of Rome has had a chance at world domination and failed. Uh, those four divisions, I should have put that map up again, and I, I'm sorry I didn't. Those four divisions that you saw where the Mediterranean was divided up by the four generals. Uh, They got chewed up by the Roman Empire. And each of those pieces had had a chance to control the world, but they failed. And then these countries started coming back. Greece resurfaced as a separate nation in 1830. Turkey resurfaced in 1924. You know, when I, I look at the map of the world, I don't realize that these countries have been gone ever since Alexander the Great. And they're just now coming back. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, Egypt came back in 1922, Afghanistan in 1921, Iran in 1925. This is the first time they've been independent nations since they were conquered by the Greeks and then the Romans. Lebanon in 1930, Jordan in 1946, and of course, Pakistan in 1947. And the one that we all know so well, uh, 1948, Israel became a nation for the first time in 2,000 years. These nations have been gone. And in his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. Now, I think we're talking about now the Roman little horn, the Antichrist that we, look, we. I don't want to use the word look forward to, that we're anticipating. But not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully. The word means to distinguish himself in battle and shall prosper. It means to push forward and practice and shall destroy the mighty and... And the holy people. Uh, If there's anything I want to share with that. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper. Do I have a definition of that? I don't have that in my notes. And in his hand and he shall magnify himself and in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. We know this from the Roman Antichrist. Certainly not true of Antiochus. What the Roman Antichrist, the one we call Antichrist, is going to do is he's going to promise world peace. The, the, people are go, the, the people are going to be so afraid of war and all that's going on that they're going to turn over all authority to this one world leader because this world leader is going to promise peace. Uh, we, we see what an epidemic has done in terms of us giving up our freedoms. Wait till you see that day. He shall magnify himself and in his heart and by the promise of peace, I would like to say shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. But he shall be broken without hand. You remember all the way back in chapter two, there's a stone cut without hands that comes down and crushes the feet of that idol that Nebuchadnezzar saw to power, that all these illustrations all fit together to show that even though the world is going to do the best it can do to destroy God's people, that's us, and even though the world is going to come together into a one world government, and they're going to put their full weight and power against the Lord God himself, in the end, God is going to destroy them. God is going to destroy them. And in the vision of the evening and in the morning which was told is true, wherefore shut thou up, this is the angel talking, this is angel Gabriel talking to Daniel, shut up the vision for it shall be for many days. Now, you know, John was told to publish his vision in the book of the Revelation. Daniel was told to shut it up. It's not time yet. Daniel says, and I, Daniel, fainted, and I was sick certain days. Afterwards, I rose up, and I did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision but no one really understood it. Uh, the vision made Daniel sick. That's when he saw what was coming, when he saw what was happening, it made him, it made him ill. This is, this is the, uh, not Kyle and Dalidge, Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary. I was sick. This is uh, Brown, Jameson Fawcett and Brown saying, through grief at the calamities coming upon my people and the church of God, Afterward, I did the king's business. He holds the nearest communion with heaven can best discharge the duties of common life. No one understood it. He had heard of kings, but he knew not their names. He foresaw the events, but not the time when they were to take place. Thereupon, he could only feel astonished and leave all with the omniscience of God. You know, he couldn't. (laughs) He couldn't. Answer the phone, girl. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was in the middle of some huge speech, and and your your phone rang, and it was the end of the what was that? The one that ends with a cannon shot. That was years ago. I mean, that had to be twenty years ago. Uh, well, I guess I've confused you enough. I wonder if I can get out of this now. See. So can you put the, the picture back? Is that all of them? Are they all up there now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. good. Yeah. So, the Ottoman Empire. They were all under the Ottoman Empire. That's right. They were all, they were all conquered by, they were conquered, right. The Ottomans. Yeah. Right. That's why they not, um, right, and then they broke out, broke out away from them. You could probably do this all over the world, how these countries came back. I mean, you think of Africa, a lot of those African nations have finally gained their independence now. You know, Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can... Zoomers, I don't know where I am here. Uh, I don't know how to get out of the mess that I'm in here, but I'll close with a word of prayer. If I end this slideshow, what does that do to you Zoomers, I wonder? If I hang up on you Zoomers, it's nice seeing you, and I apologize because I don't have a clue what I'm doing here. Hey, you're all back. Look at that. Screen sharing is stopped. Hallelujah. Golly. I, I, I click on something, I absolutely never know what's going to transpire. Uh, so let me unplug this. And let's go back to, uh, oh, where are we here? I want to go the audio back to the other sound system. Now give me a thumbs up if you can hear me, Elizabeth. Well, she's not hearing anything. Can anyone hear me out there in Zoom? That's a, Oh, you can only hear a little bit, huh? I got half of a thumbs up. I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. All right. Let me see what speaker and uh, microphone am I on. I, got I three. can just fine, Okay. I got three microphones that uh, I can talk on, and it's a question of which one. And the buzz was gone the whole time. Is that right? Uh, it's better now. Oh, my goodness. Good. Good. Well, we were buzzing last week, let me tell you. So are are we going to, it's pretty late. Why don't I just close? Uh, I don't know whether you were planning. Were you planning a final song? You don't care? Okay. Father, I I thank you for this time. and, and, And thank you for helping us through the complications of trying to get this on the internet. Thank you for this chance to share your scriptures. And Father, you know, the main message is that We can trust your word that it's literally exactly what you wrote is exactly what you meant for us to understand we don't need a lot of interpretation father i I just pray that as as the world moves more and more against you and your people that you would give us great boldness and courage to stand against lord the lies of our day we pray this in jesus name amen amen